The following program was made possible by Ward's Lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca. And I love going to small towns. You pick up the copy of the weekly paper, go right to the classified section. There's always that one ad in the back. Chartered account, let me do your taxes. I can save you hundreds when you file your next return. Also, I will pick up your scrap metal. (laughs) Those were the dulcet tones of the one and only Denny Grignon, recorded live at the Lakeview Arts Barn in 2019. And my name is Mark Novoselic, your special host for this episode of the Lindsay Advocate Podcast Artist Interview. I'm spending some time today with local comedian and all-around excellent human being, Denny Grignon. You've heard Denny interview oodles of local movers and shakers. Now it's time to point the microphone at Denny so we can all get to know and love him a little better. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't attest to the loving me more, but I'll try and uh, divulge as much information about my... I'm pretty much open book, so hopefully uh, you'll no learn a little bit more about to me. to love you. <laughs> so first off, uh, we were talking just before we set up here, and you were talking about working with other comedians. Um, do you prefer the term comedian or comic? Is there a difference? This is a great question. That's uh, this, and it was often uh, a debate uh, when I started out in in uh, stand up comedy that uh, within the comedy community we all referred to each other as comics, but the public tended to refer to us as comedians. So uh, I do guess you draw, the, do you draw a distinction between the two? I guess a little bit. Comic almost seems like that's our word. You know, stand-up comics. Don't no. You don't. You don't call me a comic. You're not a comic. You're just you're you're a civilian. <laughs> well, actually, I, I am a comedian. Oh, well, then then you can call me a comic. So I, it really doesn't matter. I believe me. I've, I've been called much worse. Um, yeah. But uh, I think I think comic is more um, conducive to stand-up comedian when you when you hear a comic being referred to as a comic. Mm-hmm. I think stand-up comic. When it's a comedian, well, maybe they're a sketch comic, maybe they're a sketch uh, actor, uh, okay. but comic refers to, st- we, we tend to think of stand-up comic. So whatever you're comfortable with, Mark, I mean, uh, what, okay. what are you more comfortable saying? Uh, I prefer comedian, but, you know, you hear the term, both terms going back and forth. So, you know, as a as a civilian, as you put it, um, you know, inquiring minds want to know, is there, you know, a difference? You know, yeah, I think you get a bit of a, a bit of a passport, though, into our community, because you're also a performer. Right. So maybe that's what I'm learning now. You're a musician? Yeah, you can call me a comic. Okay, I can call ahead. you a comic? <laughs> yes. Um, so when you, when you say you've been called worse, um, what's the best heckle you've ever received? Well, there are a couple. Uh, and, and some of them are more elaborate than others. Uh, um, uh, you know what about 15 years ago I used, I used to play a lot of shows for agricultural halls and I was out near Stratford performing to a group of men which is uh, is a disaster just waiting a group of nothing but men hmm. is really hard for whatever reason men it doesn't matter blue collar white collar farmer industrialist engineer they're just they tend to be more uptight their arms crossed and they're looking is Frank laughing well if he's not laughing I'm not laughing <laughs> and I did a joke um, about having to euthanize uh, an animal because I was farming at the time. And, How do you make that funny? Well, here, I'm getting to that. And he obviously did. <laughs> his heckle was way funnier. And I said, there's a lot of different ways you can euthanize an animal. You know, you can, uh, you know, there's a, the 30-30 um, to, to just put it down quickly. Uh, there's a, like a dead bolt that just comes out and puts them down quickly. I, I use another little known method, which is uh, uh, quite effective. I, I invite uh, one of my in-laws over to show them vacation slides and they bore the animal to death. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're laughing. Uh, in the audience, a, a pin could have dropped. You would have heard it loudly. But instead, what you heard was a guy not even looking at me. That was the worst part, Mark. He had his arms crossed, and he was facing the guy in front of him, not even looking at the stage, and said, well, you're doing a good job of boring me right now. That was like the best heckle ever. So did you have a comeback for it? Um, I, I, I managed – well, when I get heckled um, – if it's a good heckle, I acknowledge it. I'll go, wow, that's that's way funnier. I guess we're splitting the check for X amount of dollars at the end of the night. Uh, and uh, I think that's uh, I think that's how I dealt with it. Rather than attack them, which wouldn't have been fair because it was a good heckle. Yeah. I just acknowledge that, yeah, this is real. You know, you just come up with a better line than I did. <laughs> and I think that helped break the ice a little bit. And uh, I think just my saying, well, I guess we're splitting the check at the end of the night. It made all of his buddies kind of think that, hey, you know, the guy's one of us now. And, yeah. and so it, it was a climb up. Uh, to get them back on side, but um, right on. it worked. It doesn't always work. Yeah. I'm sure you've had gigs too. I mean, I know as a musician, it's different for you though, but I'm sure you've had gigs where you're halfway through a song going, ah, they're just, maybe this audience just, you know, for whatever. And yeah. it's not you, you no, know? It could be, yeah, often it's one of, you know, one of my favorite songs to perform or something that I feel particularly, um, you know, endeared to, whether it's an original or a cover or something like that. And you play it and you can just see that people aren't getting it. Isn't that hurt? Like my, my my favorite jokes are the ones that they never laugh at. <laughs> Isn't that the, a weird feeling? It's like, no, dude, come on, it this is. is good. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to get up on there and go, uh, well, uh, that was actually a really good good song, or that that joke that you should have laughed more at that. Yeah, you can't really say. Well, that. I've seen a lot of comedians do that, and I mean that's born of insecurity and and, and all that stuff of the, uh, you know, the comedian. Um, suggesting that the reason you're not laughing right now is because uh, my joke was too smart, you know, or, or you're just, uh, you're not well read or you're, uh, mm-hmm. you're too dumb. And I've never gone that route only because I'm afraid the audience will go, no, we read a lot and we're smart. We just didn't yeah. think you were very funny. Yeah. So better just so acknowledge it. As a, as a clean comedian comic, how you, you promote yourself, do you ever have those moments where you just, you just want to dig in? Do you ever have the, the, the expletives start piling up in your mind and, and you want to let them out? That's a good question too. Um, yeah, and in, and in my youth, uh, I think uh, that would have happened. You know, when, when you're starting out as a performer, as you know, there's, right. you know, there's that tentative insecurity. And most performers, I think, and this may be true of musicians too, you know, they're either extremely egotistical and I'm the best or you're down at the bottom going, I'm a fraud, I'm a fake, and it's hard to find that middle level. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, in terms of uh, the expletive rants, uh, and I have to be very clear with people on this too. I mean, I don't, I don't swear in my act uh, because it just, I find it's cheating. You know, I swear all the time. Like, yeah. my, if my kids, if you talk to my sons when they watch me do home <laughs> renovations, they swear all, I, I swear a ton when I'm playing hockey. Uh, but to swear on stage is, uh, it's kind of cheating. And I always tell people, I'm not offended by, by curse words. I hear them mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been around it. There's nothing that's going to offend me, but I can get bored really easily. Mm-hmm. And I just find that when other comedians are swearing a ton, um, they're, it's, is that how you talk in real life? Because if that's how you talk in real life, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be around you. Come so I, I've been angry. I've been angry on stage often and yeah. I've left in a huff, but um, because I don't swear... If I started to, I think it would probably just come across as nervousness and and uh, uh, and insincerity and insecurity. Right. Uh, so no, I, I it's not a big leap for me to yeah. to not swear on stage because I try not to do it 
for the most part when I'm around new people. I do it on my own when I'm swinging a hammer or when I'm playing <laughs> hockey with the guys in the room. So does that answer the question? It is does. That fair? And it's yeah. really good to hear that because, I, you know, during the lockdown thing, we've all relied on Netflix and all those oh, yeah. things a lot. And one of my favorite things to do is watch stand-up comedy. And what have you seen that you've liked? Uh, Jim Gaffigan, yeah. particularly. Yeah. And Big fan. Yeah. That guy wouldn't say the S word if his mouth was full of it, it seems. He did recently. He just uh-huh. went on a tirade against Trump, apparently, <laughs> so about it. I heard about that. Yeah. But no, and he's a good example, too. I think he would, he would probably say what I'm saying, which is, sure, when I'm around my five kids, I swear. But yeah. on stage, it's just, you know, to hear someone drop the F bomb all the time, I mean, if you say the word sandwich six times in 10 minutes, I would be going, can't you think of something else other than sandwich? Can't you say panini? Can't you come up yeah. with another word Why other than that one word? Again. Yeah. But and and it's and this is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming back to, I'm not offended when when somebody's swearing, especially a comic, as long as it's coming from an honest place. Like sure. I can tell pretty quickly, as I'm sure you can, when a comedian is swearing a lot, you're thinking they're just posturing. This isn't them. But one of the best shows I ever saw was Bill Burr, uh, mm-hmm. who swears a ton. But he's from that hard scrabble Boston area. So when you hear him swear, you know it's coming from a very sincere place. He when, really means it. Part, he really <laughs> means it. When Chris Rock swears, it's like, well, no, that's, I think, who he is. Yeah. It's the people who are, who are uh, trying to project themselves as something they're not, whether it's tough or cool or hip. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I'm not buying it, man. So, yeah. I remember yeah. the first time my daughter dropped the F-bomb. I think she was maybe eight or nine years old. And she'd been fighting with her brother. And she just looked at us like she'd just seen ghosts. You know, just the, the blank look on her face when she said it. How did you deal with it as a dad? And I said, you know, use it if you mean it. If there's no other word that can get the feeling across, sure, drop that F-bomb with everything you've got. And then it has more impact if you're not tossing it yeah, out every third it. sentence. Don't just use it because you like to swear. Yeah. You know? And then, you know, it was never a big deal after that. Yeah. It lost its power. She wasn't as interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I'm allowed to do that. Oh, that's boring. <laughs> Dad, can't you be upset? Yeah. For beep beep's sake? Yeah. For beep beep's sake. It was beep beep. Um, so, obviously, you know, with the, with the lockdown, like, I, I had my own silver lining with being able to do more music. Um, I'm assuming that you've had your own, you know, tracks going of, uh, you know, new material. Not as much as you would think. Do, do you think it's hard to find humor in these times, or do you think that our humor will be more retrospective about this situation, the the COVID situation? And- yeah. Well, we're all. That's the nice thing about stand up is you can, uh, if you're disciplined, and I'm not as disciplined as I could be or as I should be, you should be able to write all the time about what's going on around you, and it's. You know, are, are, are there topics that are off limits? I think I, I think certainly the pandemic, you, there, there is humor in that, whether mm-hmm. it's dark humor. And it doesn't have to be a humor that will necessarily offend people. And I did actually write, I mean, I did one performance. Um, Cambridge Street United Church asked me to do a performance virtually where, you know, everybody was like 40 feet apart. The two people in the church were 40 feet away from me. And then there were cardboard cutouts in front of me. And I thought, well, I'm going to use this as an exercise to write all pandemic related <laughs> material and that's what i did and i thought well it may bomb or it may not bomb but i won't know because there's not really a real audience in front of yeah. me yeah so there, there's always fodder there's you know there's i'm i'm well let me ask you as, as a musician have you found inspiration and in, in being able to uh with all of this to write to write songs to write material 
I have, about it? I had a large backlog of material that needed my attention. So that's what I turned my attention to first and got the album done. Um, Did you massage any of it into oh, having this kind of being inspired by COVID? Well, I realized that there was a theme of uh, not necessarily, well, you know, discontent to some reason um, or to some level and absolute joy in others. Good. And so when I was observing these songs, looking at the lyrics and looking at the titles and stuff, I started to see how I could organize those songs to be, you know, progressive through what we might look at as the retrospective look through back back through the quarantine period. That it's, you know, at first we were like, ah, whatever, you know, it's two weeks, you know, kids get four weeks from March break, right? <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the general feeling of, discontentment uh that, that that grabbed us all and then you know the feeling of trying to cope and then in the end is a song about you know victory uh so i think the theme of that you know maybe subconsciously you know over the last sure. two years i had put those songs together in that way but i've tried to force the muse lately where i'm like you know what i've got some time on my hands i'm gonna get back up into the studio and, and do some writing and i would start and then I would stop, and then I would start, and then I would stop. And but that's part of the process, isn't yeah. it? Being creative, you start and stop. It's You're not always just blasting through it in one go. Yeah, but I find for me that if I, if I have an idea, if it's a lyric idea, I jot the ideas down on my phone. Um, if it's a musical idea, I record myself, do it a little bit, so I don't forget it. And then I can go back to it, so I have a little bit of a... A storage locker on my phone of musical ideas and that's what i envy about musicians stand up it's so much different we need and i've been approached a couple times about doing you know stand-up shows virtually and it's just it's a failed attempt i think it's just i would rather wait until it can be in front of a live audience because we need that live audience mm -hmm. to just uh understand what the timing is what the pattern is yeah. now we it's really tough to re rehearse stand-up comedy alone in front of a mirror that was another thing i wanted to ask you to, yeah how do you do that do you do you have cardboard cutouts here <laughs> <laughs> no i uh, and i'm i think most comics start out as good writers and have to learn how to perform or good performers and learn have learn how to write i'm, I'm a writer by, mm -hmm. by so I'm, i struggle with performing at the best of times you know it's it's that's my challenge so yeah i mean i can uh, i i do uh yeah, you, you you can rehearse in front of the mirror. Uh, you 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 know you you, uh, you work on on the timing, on the bits, uh, and how they're going to all kind of come together. I think that's the great uh, mystery of stand up. A lot of people think we're just talking off the top of our heads, but uh, we're really crafting words together. And and I can rehearse that. I can rehearse which words I'm going to use. Mm -hmm. And there is something to be said about even just performing back and forth in my living room here, as I'm saying it, I'll go, no, that's a better word that I can use that right. works better, but it's hard. It's uh, you can only practice as much as you can practice without an audience. Yeah. So if you, if you have your, your, I'll, I'll call it a, a, a skit. If you have your, your script so my bit, speak, yeah. uh, for the night that you want to do, and maybe something goes off track, you know, you get on a tangent. Do you, tend to follow that tangent and improvise on it or do you try and bring yourself back on track both that's that's good um and again it's probably a little bit like music i'm going to play this song now because i know the audience needs this and then i'm going to go into that song because i think they'll be ready for that and stand up is like that i i tend to be i bullet um 
all of my bits on a sheet of paper. And I've been doing that for 40 years. Well, not quite that long, about 34, I guess, where you, uh, uh, and I still got a folder of all these sheets, you know, um, uh, Toronto Dominion Bank Conference uh, 2001, you know, uh, hog, uh, uh, hog producers meeting 1997. <laughs> and I've got these sheets and they're all like these little bullet words, you know, going down and they all kind of fall in. Uh, with knowing that this will transition into that and this will segue into that. And so that's my sort of my roadmap. And if I'm on stage and someone yells out, you're sure boring us, I can't say, sorry, I'm going back to my script. Mm-hmm. I have to deviate a little bit and then come back to the roadmap. It's a little bit like driving, I guess, you know, it's like, well, I was planning on going to Cobaconk, but oh, sheesh, look at Mark Novoselic's uh, got something over uh, in Cameron. I better I better pull over for a bit, and but then you go back onto the road. Yeah, I just told people you live in Cameron. Is that a bad thing? No, okay, no, good. no. That's Same fine. idea. <laughs> so, do you find it when you when you're coming up with uh, your your bit, as you call it, is it is it challenging to, to be completely original? Because uh, I know a lot of your your like on on your your latest album, more than puffed wheat, or more than just puffed wheat. Is that what it is? I can't remember now. More than puffed wheat. Okay. Yeah, you make a lot of local references and very uh, forthrightly and very unapologetically to people who don't get the references. So is it, do you tend to draw more on what you have in your immediate life, like locally? Or? Uh, well, for that particular for that particular set, that was very much, that was my first CD. It's, not, it's nice of you to say my most recent CD. That's the first CD. I made a concerted effort to just, you know what, this is going to be, this isn't going to be my... Um, this isn't what's going to get me on late night TV, and that's fine. I just wanted, I want this for my for my neighbors, you know, the people that I know in my midst. So I made a concerted effort to make local references that they would connect with, uh, knowing full well that, you know, for people in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, they may scratch their head going, I, I don't know what he's talking about when he talks about the Scoogog. Yeah. Uh, but even when I perform, and again, that's the nice thing with stand-up, is I will research an area or a venue uh, beforehand just to learn a little bit about you know what what the culture is mm-hmm. uh and try and make the stand up as personal for them as i can so yeah there's an existing you know trove of material i can draw from but there's also a couple jokes you know that i can can roll in there that are just for them do you people have any idea how hard it is trying to do your homework by the little light on the vcr <laughs> especially after a power failure 12 o'clock 12 o'clock 12 o'clock 12 o'clock and before we could afford the VCR, if we wanted extra light, we'd have to grab the cat and drag his arse back and forth on the carpet and read by the sparks. So um, I've put together a list of questions for a rapid-fire round. Oh, okay. Is there going to be a bell ringing in between or anything like uh, that? No? no, I can probably ding my coffee <laughs> okay. or something. So, got a few questions. Sure. Beer or wine? Beer. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. That's the right answer. Thank okay. you. Ketchup or mayo? Oh, mayo. Yeah. Uh, on a good day, you can mix them up both together too. Ketchup uh, and mayo. Mayo chup. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Favorite classic rock band? Uh, yes. Right answer. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Do you still have a VCR? Yes. Cassette player? Yes. Do you use them? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, I have a Walkman. I have a... You'll, if you look over to your, if you look over to your, over your right shoulder, Mark, you'll notice a collection of radios and a boombox. And I oh, have, right. a, I have a Walkman in my office, and um, my son uses it. My 19-year-old son Jonah uses it from time to time. That's awesome. Uh, and the VCR I will use every now and then. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, 
there you have it, folks. Denny Grignol, the man, the myth, the legend. Up close and personal for your listening pleasure. Okay, now he made me laugh. Hey, that's awesome. So until we can host or attend live entertainment events again, uh, you can stop by Van Halteren's Music Center in Lindsay to purchase a copy of Denny's live concert CD. So thank you very much, Denny, for having me in your home, letting me meet your dog, Rags. And uh, as a loyal fan and listener to the Advocate podcast, I wish you uh, all the best success in your uh, your endeavors. Thank oh, thanks, you. man. I hope we get to share a stage again together. That'd be so cool. Hey, well, let's make it happen. All right, man. Right on. It's Shaggy from that Scooby-Doo cartoon up there. <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Stick around and see the show for you.